for you. Trust you well. So here's another video for us. And I think this one's going to be quite short. So I'm just going to go directly to it. I'm going to speak about the narrow way, the narrow gate that's spoken about in Matthew 7, verse 13 to 14. If it's, it's written, enter by the narrow gate, for wide is the gate and broad is the way that leads to destruction. And there are many way, and there are many who go in it, in by it, because narrow is the gate and difficult is the way which leads to life, and there are few who find it. So this is Matthew 7, verses 13 to 14. So the Lord and I have been has been teaching me about this and I've been meditating on it. And one of the things that really came up, because, you know, when I was a child and I'd hear this verse, I'm just like, oh, is that why a lot of, you know, um, men and women of God fall out of the way because it's difficult? You know, um, maybe God made it a bit too difficult. And I, I, I used to think like this. I genuinely used to think like that. And then uh, recently the Lord was actually talking to me about it. I think I... There is a, a video already uh, previous to this where we speak about the narrow gates and, and things like that, but this is just, I guess, it's a part two to that or follow-up. Uh, what happens to us, guys, is that because we are in a fallen nature, right, because we are in a fallen nature, in a human nature that is separated from God, and then for, for us to be restored, we literally need Jesus. So he is the way, he is the truth, and he is the life. What happens is when, let's say, like, you decide to be Christian and all of a sudden you start noticing that some things you still want to do that are of the world. So what, what makes the way of God difficult is that we don't surrender what's in our hearts. And like I was saying before, repentance, again, guys, repentance is a change of mind. So if I, let me give you an example. So I was living in Bangkok, like Thailand, a few years ago. And, you know, I was just doing as everybody did. Like I went to uh, the ashrams that were there to visit, to see. I went to the temple. So this one time I went to this one temple. I think it's the last temple I went to after that. So we're going in and to each and every room, looking at all the Buddhist statues. And then they show us the last statue, almost second last statue, which is, they say, they call it the inner sanctuary. And you couldn't, like, you couldn't go in there with your shoes. You had to leave your shoes out. And you couldn't stand. You had to sit where the statue is. And obviously, being tourists, everybody that was touristy, um, there was a bunch of tourists, including me. Everybody was taking pictures. And they were going in group by group because I think it only could fit about 10 people. And so I, I was the f one, of the first, one of the first group of people that went in. And as I'm about to sit down, literally, I hear the Spirit of the Lord say that if you dare, but in my native language, my native language is Kosa, and he's like the Lord, I've heard him by spirit before, but for him to speak my mother tongue is as if he said, as if he was saying, I know how to speak your language, <laughs> and I'm going to speak it in the way that you will understand it. Girl, the, I, I hadn't even sat down, I, I hadn't even sat down, I got up, like, Agile, bruv. Like, really got up quickly and I ran out. Everybody was looking at me and my friend was looking at me funny. It's like, what's wrong with you? And I'm like, no, 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 I'm Christian. And I'm Christian. I didn't know how to describe it to her at that time. We're like, no, actually, God has just shown me that this is not the way. So what happens to us is we want to be like everybody else. We want to do as everybody else does. But 
when it's not of the Lord, then we say the way of God is difficult. It's, it actually isn't. It's the desires of our hearts that trips us up. Then if we don't re repent in time, we end up committing sin upon sin, as, as is written in Isaiah. It's written, well, that uh, pile upon themselves sin upon sin. So we, we literally pile sin upon sin, and then yet we said that we've chosen the Lord. So I remember that time saying, like, you know, I'm going to have to go back to knowing, like, who God is, not in a weird way, but in a, in a truthful way. And I know, like, people that must probably have gone as Christians and have got souvenirs and have gone to these places, and I'm sounding a little bit stringent. Um, truth is, guys, those gods, even if they're statues, people pray to them. They put incest there, and they, they literally pray. They call it an inner sanctuary. What do we know is an inner sanctuary in the Bible? What happened in the inner sanctuary in the temple, the foreshadowing of the temple in the book of um, Exodus, when Moses was building it? It was... Right? That's where the manna was. That's where the menorah was. So it is a place of praise. It's a place of worship. And even if I'm a tourist, I, and in, in coming in and joining hands in agreement and participation in that, it's as if, like it's committing adultery against my God. And these things are hard to understand because, again, guys, like we want to be like everybody else. We don't want to stand out. We don't want to be called stupid. Oh, you Christians are so stupid. I've heard that. Like, you don't know, you're so stupid. But I'm like, yeah, but okay, like, what does that have to do with anything? So anyways, we were talking about this narrow road. And the Lord is there's those that find it, few who find it. it. It's because we don't know how to live an utter life of surrender, an utter life of repentance, a daily repentance, daily dosage of, Lord, I okay, I was broken in this, I had this understanding in this. Thank you, Lord, for delivering me, for healing me, and showing me what the right way is. So um, I like it when David says, test me and try me and know my heart. And that's what the road of the Lord does. It tests us. What is in your heart? For instance, are you worshiping God for your own private gains, like personal gains? So he called this feeding the ego. So one thing um, I've noticed about the fallen nature is that we have a, a crazy hunger. And it's not just us, the angels as well that fell. They also have a, a terrible hunger. And the Lord tells the serpent that you're going to eat the dust uh, and things like that. So they actually end up, that's why there's a lot of human sacrifices to, uh, to demons as well, is that because they, they eat the dust, which we are made out of dust, we, they eat us. <laughs> they really do. So, unfortunately, it's an uncomfortable truth, but it is what it is. So they eat us. They eat us. They, they, yeah, they eat us. That's why I sacrifice as as a as anybody that is uh, worshiping Satan one way or the other is necessary. Blood is necessary, and there's different ways of getting that blood. Uh, some people um, will sacrifice children. Some, and it's through different ways, like accidents or whatever. So there's ways that you can get to the human being. Uh, to to feed that demon that you're worshiping. So, anyways, before so anyways, there's a hunger that comes with the fallen nature that um, both both fallen angels and fallen humans try to feed. The difference is we now try to feed it in different ways. And when we feed it from the earth, it builds an ego. 
right? Because on earth there's jealousy, on earth there's competitiveness, on, on earth there's insecurities, there's all of these things and superiority. Everybody tries to protect themselves. Oh, there's even hate. Like I've heard people saying like, oh, I love having haters. Haters not give me life. That's you feeding from hate. Your hunger that is building your ego is hatred. Your soul, can you imagine how your soul looks like? But when we eat from the Lord, right? When we go, the Lord says he prepares a table for us in the presence of our enemies. When we eat from him, not what our enemies are eating, because our enemies do eat from hate, they eat from jealousy and competitiveness. If we eat from the Lord, the, the tree of life, which is, is written in Revelation 22, uh, who's got all the 12 fruits and things, when we eat from him, there's peace. And so far we know just the nine fruits as written in Galatians 5. You eat from kindness, you eat from love, you eat from patience. You genuinely eat from that, right? You eat from self-control. And why I mention self-control is because we're struggling in this day and age because of what's happening with media and the bombardment of lusts and all these, and all types of lusts, not just sexual stuff, but all types of lusts. We are stuck with this weird inability to have self-control, like... I call it an instant gratification generation. We literally are that, an instant gratification generation. We are like the microwave. We want to put it in, then get it now. There's no patience. There's no um, crying out to the Lord for, for, for direction. We just want to do it in our way. So again, this narrow road brings in the fruits of life from the tree of life. The issue is that we've got to give up the tree of good and evil that was eaten in the Garden of Eden, because that's what we constantly are eating still on this earth. Right? Uh, the tree of good, the knowledge, the tree of good and evil, the knowledge of good and evil, as written in the book of Genesis. So daily we are eating from that. Right? But then when we're eating from the tree of life, it's different. So the narrow road brings in the tree of life where you eat the fruits, but you have to let go of your previous fruits. So I, I love how, in again, um, and let me read it for you so that you, you know, because generally, I hope you guys know your Bible as well, so just find some of the scriptures because I just sometimes like, oh, it's written, and I don't know if you know, but you can find them. You can find the scriptures. Oh, guys. Uh, here it is. It's 1 Corinthians 6, 9 to 10. It's written. Now the works of the flesh are evident. Works of the flesh, this is what we are producing as we're eating from the tree of good and evil. Uh, sexual immorality, impurity, sensuality, idolatry, sorcery, enmity, strife, jealousy, fits of rage, rivalries, dis uh, dissensions, divisions, envy, drunkenness, orgies, and things like these. I warned you before that those that who do such things will not inherit the kingdom of God. Sorry, this is Galatians 19 to 21, right? 19 to 21. So what I've just read now is Galatians 20, uh, 19 to 21. And Corinthians, 1 Corinthians 6, 9, 10 goes like this. 9 to 10 says, uh, Or do you not know that the unrighteous will not inherit the kingdom of, uh, of God? Do not be deceived. Neither the sexual immoral, nor idolaters, nor adulterers, nor men who practice homosexuality, no thieves, no, nor the greedy, no drunkards, no rivalries, no swindlers will inherit the kingdom of God. 
So what I liked about the scriptures, this scripture, especially 1 Corinthians 6, uh, 9 to 10, we like to harp on just one sin. And a lot of the times people will kind of harp on just homosexuality that will not enter. But guys, I don't know if you've noticed, idolaters can't get in. And in the book of Samuel, idolaters are called those that are stubborn, people that, that keep their opinion. Uh, Samuel says to King Saul that is not uh, stubbornness, the sin of idolatry. So that's one. And then it says, no idolatrous. So we've got uh, people that commit adultery, uh, adultery, and then everybody says, oh, at least it's not the sin of homosexuality. Guys, they are all the same. No thieves, no the greedy, no the drunkards. This is all the same to God. This is sin. Sin is sin. It's a sinful nature. It's the fallen nature. And then again, like I said, when we walk the narrow road, whatever you were doing in your previous life, you were an idolater, an idolater, <laughs> idolater in your previous uh, walk, before previous life, before you came to Christ. If you were an adulterer before you came to the Lord, if you were a homosexual before you came to the Lord, if you were a thief before you came to the Lord, or greedy, or drunkard, or a swindler, all of these things. If you were these things before you came into the kingdom of God, when you start moving in the way, in the narrow gate that leads to life, right? We now learn how to let go of those desires in our hearts, to be repentant, God, and again to say, God, this is how I'm feeling today. Sure, Lord, um, um, I'm married, and I said to you that I am trying to serve you, but I see somebody that I would like to do things with. You know, people with double lives as well, you know, doing strange things as well. Um, Lloyd, I was a homosexual before, and I, I, I was interested in men, and I performed sexual sin with men and things like that. But God, I'm in your kingdom now, and I've just seen someone I'm attracted to right now. Lord, help me with these feelings. Help me with these desires because I want to serve you in truth and earnest. Now, it is not to make you feel guilty or ashamed. The reason I bring it up is so that we deal with the guilt and we deal with the shame when we enter the kingdom of God. Because it's written that, um, that we are now, what is it when Paul says that we can boldly enter the throne of God. So you can boldly enter because the blood has been, has been put on the seat. Jesus has gone before us, the apostle. To, to put that, 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 that blood on the mercy seat. So when God hears your case, he's hearing it in mercy, right? So what are the, 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 the two pillars of his throne? Justice and righteousness. And then he says, truth and mercy goes before him, right? So when you come to him, it's not that he, right now in this time, while you and I are still alive, we don't know tomorrow what it's going to look like. But while we're still alive, truth and mercy goes before him. Right? That means that when you come and plead your case, Lord, this is how I'm feeling, he's not going to turn you away. He will show mercy and compassion for you. He says that he will not despise a broken spirit. When we bring these sins, we are broken. We are broken. We're coming from a fallen nature. And when we walk in the narrow way of God, it's hard to, to join these two, to consolidate these two, what we were doing before, and to let it go and completely embrace the ways of God, simply because we are still in our hearts. We still have that seed. 
So when the Lord then sees you, he then he pulls it out. He says, I'm going to deal with it. And then he deals with it. Guys, and he deals with it. I know I've, I've done it many times with him when I have done lots of stuff. I remember, you know, I'm, I'm guilty of many, many sins myself. I am not perfect. So, and some of them are even written, especially thievery, you know. Uh, what's the other one? Idolatry, because I was really stubborn. I was, I was really stubborn, you know, but there's a lot, you know, envy, all of these things, strife. Um, I, I had these things in my soul and I felt justified in keeping them because I felt there was a lot of injustices in the world. And since no one was going to judge them, I was going to judge them according to my own righteousness, which is now when I come to Christ, his righteousness. I can never be righteousness. I'm right. I can be in righteousness through him and in him, but not on my own, because then that's just self-righteousness. So that was another thing that I struggled with, was a lot of self-righteousness. So it trips us up. The things that are in our heart trips us up in the walk, only to find that the walk of God is actually stable. It's not rocky at all. It's not even difficult if you're surrendering constantly. And then my favorite verse again here saying, uh, in Psalm 119, 103 to 105, it's written, How sweet are your words to my taste. You know, they're talking about food again. We were just talking about how we eat. Um, how, how are we eating? What do we eat on the daily basis? What is your diet on the daily? Are you listening to gossip? Are you listening to what, what is it that you're eating on the daily? Hatred, jealousy, competitiveness. What are you eating? So I love it when here it's written, how sweet are your words to my taste. This person has chosen to take the word of God as, as food. That's nice. I wish I could do that more often. How sweet are your words to my taste, sweeter than honey to my mouth. Though through your precepts I get understanding, therefore I hate every false way. And again, we're talking about the way, the truth, and the life, which is Jesus Christ, and the narrow gate himself, right? So he is written, he's writing here that he hates every false way. So I've just testified about how I was about to bow down to a Buddha statue. That is a false way. And judgment came up immediately as an if you, and I realized right there and then, whoa, okay, this is, this is bad. Like I said, I went back to my friend, like, listen, I... I'm actually Christian, I shouldn't be doing that. Right? Because these are people's gods, and it's not just a tourist thing, just because they've opened their temple. Anyways, I continue. I hate every false way. Your word is, is a lamp to my feet and a light to my path. So here's the interesting thing. The word is described as food. So taste, my taste, um, uh, uh, how sweet are your words to my taste, sweeter than honey to my mouth. Again, the tree of life, which we're talking about, the, ninth, the 12 fruits in the book of Revelation 22, right? At the end, I, uh, 22 verse 1 to 5 talks about the, the type of fruit, like there's 12 fruits, but nine already are described in Galatians, right? 5, 20, 23, or 22 to 23. Okay, so here it's interesting. It says, therefore, I hate every false way. So taste, there's a scripture that says, the Lord says, honey and curd, he will be given so that he learns to um, uh, hate uh, evil and love good. And uh, the scripture again, like kind of putting it together for us, like how should we walk in this road? 
And then here's, and it says, a lamp unto my feet and a light unto my path. So it's not dark. No on this earth, when we are walking as the fallen people, it really feels like we tripped up. Everything is dark. We don't know what we're going to do. We don't see how things are going to move. Um, in fact, if you, are, if you are sitting in front of the television and eating that as your daily bread, you're most probably going to high, uh, suffer high fear, anxiety, all of those things. So you're sitting constantly. There's no joy. There's no peace. There's no rest for you. But then when we eat the word of the Lord, it's like it's honey. You get peace. You get rest. Because you see that he's got it. He's already in the word. He told us these things were to come. They're not news for him. They're not new. He knew they were going to come. He said there were going to be famines. He said there were going to be earthquakes. He said there was going to be wars, nations versus nations, kingdoms versus kingdoms. And that's the kingdom of light versus the kingdom of darkness. So he said these things were to come, but the end is yet to come. So how are we going to then move on this earth? If we know the end, these things are just birth signs and you eating just this, but the end is it. You and I need to kind of sit there and ask the Lord, Father, what should I do in this time? So the narrow gate, guys, is not that it's difficult. It's difficult simply because we still have these desires in our hearts. We still have selfish gains in our hearts. And we test it every day. And if you've been tested, and you are being and you're going through a test right now. Ask the Lord to, to give you a new heart. I, I constantly ask for a new heart um, in certain areas because sometimes it's as much as the Lord binds the broken, sometimes you just need a new heart. Uh, I like when he said to Jeremiah that I will remove the heart of stone that you have and I'll put in a heart of flesh. In many situations, especially when it comes to stubbornness, because I was really stubborn. Um, I've noticed that you definitely will need a new heart in a lot of things because you've believed in your own justice. You've believed in your own self-righteousness. Um, oh my gosh, of, of the judgments, judgments I've made, which were ungodly. So uh, you repent about that, that Lord, give me your judgments. Because David always says that, I, Lord, I love your judgments. Give me your judgments. And I, I never understood that. Until I understood how the Holy Spirit would speak in a certain situation and it'd be in wisdom. God's judgments are always in wisdom. We judge according to our own feelings, our brokenness, our own precepts, our self-righteousness. Um, I'll, I'll judge according to that fact I'm a woman and you are, are not. Um, I'm, I'm African and you are not. Um, you know, this is my tribe and this is not your tribe. This is my language. You know, this is what we judge from, like, you know, color of eyes, a type of hair. <laughs> These are our judgments. These are not judgments, thoughts, and wisdom. So we still do this, even in Christianity. There are bare churches that do this still. Judge based on whether it's a woman or not and what, what position a woman must get um, on race as well, what kind of culture you're coming from. We do this all the time, all the time. And we think that God doesn't see it. We think that he's sitting down and he's not watching this and he's not telling you. And I know for sure some people have been warned, they've been given word, the Lord has sent prophets, but they don't listen. So I'm now just pleading that 
speak your heart to God, as broken as it is, as full of hatred as it is, tell him this is how you feel. This is how you're going to get deliverance, not from hiding, not by forcing it, not continuing as Saul had did. Because remember, when Saul continued, he lost everything. Don't lose the kingdom because of stubbornness and rebelliousness. Don't do that. Yeah. Anyways, guys, I was not planning on this being long, but also asking to help you with ego. <laughs> that, um, that for me was the blessing when he started dealing with um, my ego and I had to die to things. Like um, my favorite example about ego is that guy uh, that Jesus tells him to, that rich man, right, that comes to Jesus and says, Lord, I have, I have uh, given to the poor. I've done everything. What more do you want me to do? And then Jesus says, leave everything and follow me. And that guy couldn't do it. So everybody thought at that time it was because of money and love of money. Yes, the Lord says the love of money is the root of all evil. But the reason why that guy, one of the reasons he couldn't leave is simply because the, what money bought, the reputation that in, in the book of Proverbs is written that those that buy favor, it buys favor if you've got money. I mean, we look at just the celebrity life, people that have got money just walk in and it buys you favor. You know, oh, somebody was, it just buys you favor. Money, even in deals sometimes, corruption, if you've got if you want a contract and it's been put up and you put out money, you will get it because you've bought the favor. It's a bribe, but compared to somebody that didn't pay anything extra. So uh, he loved, I believe, what money brought him, the status it brought him. So in, in the end, we realized he was practicing idolatry, right? And I reckon that he couldn't separate money from ego because Maybe the money was comforting him. It was building him up. It made him feel better about himself that he could do these things. Like, I can give to the poor, you know, and look at me with my money saving the poor. So, you know, we like people actually do this. And then what you have crowned yourself with, because in the book of Revelation it's written that we lay down crowns, right? Now it's time to lay that crown down. And he can't because his identity is wrapped up into that. It's idolatry, right? His ego was wrapped up in his money. And when Jesus says, give me your ego, don't say no. Please say yes, please. It, the, the deliverance, the freedom that comes from it. Guys, it's such a freedom that you just stop caring what people think. It's so nice. <laughs> but anyways, I bless you and that's everything. I'm 27 minutes in. It was meant to be 10 minutes, but... I'll try again to make it shorter next time. But I love you. I really love you guys. Uh, anybody that's listening now and here in the future, you might be thinking, how can you love you? I'm like, no, I love you. That's why I tell you, as it is. I love you, and hopefully one day that, you know, whatever happens, that you find Jesus and you find the way, the way to life. You be blessed. In Jesus' name, amen.